Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast, where we explore popular practices, songs, and ideas in the modern church world in the light of Sola Scriptura and Tota Scriptura. I'm Cody Fields, the president of Westminster Effects. Go buy stuff for your guitar at westminstereffects.com and join the discussion in the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook and make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, etc., etc., and leave us comments and share the show on Facebook, Instagram, and I mean, if you have to, TikTok. Uh, I had I had to take it more seriously, and I want to throw up in my mouth every time I do. But that is neither here nor there. Did I already introduce myself? I did. I'm joined in person by hey everybody. It's Bradley Cox, pastor at Resurrection Church in Greer, South Carolina. And the the schedule's tied today, so we don't have Luther and John. He should be back with us next week, though. But uh, figured we'd kind of talk about what's already being talked about by basically everybody at this point, and that is this war in Israel with Hamas. Um, Bradley, what were kind of your initial reactions to it? Uh, initial reactions? Um, heartbroken. I mean, yeah. like the just just from a pure humanitarian standpoint. Mm-hmm. I mean, the kind of you know it it you know I think you know um, war is an interesting topic, isn't it? Um, yeah. And there's there's so much uh, ethical and and moral and um, uh, whatever you know ideas about how war should be fought and and what have you and and the the modern notions of terrorism sort of throw all those rules out, out, out of the window. Mm, yeah. Um, and you know, it's one thing for a country to fight over land and for their two armies to go together and kill each other. It's another thing when, you know, citizens, yeah, innocent people are caught up in the violence and children are being held hostage and, you know, elderly people are being, slaughtered in their beds and carried away and, and yeah. it's like that that was what my initial reaction was this is this is horrible yeah the the first i saw of it over the weekend i frequent drudgereport.com for for a, a lot of my news because they aggregate news they don't just pick from one source it's everywhere and the headline section was that this hamas attack from the gaza strip had you know gone into israel and then the next thing, you know, so I see, okay, whatever. It's another Hamas attack. Mm. This happens. Uh, and then I see that there were 5,000 rockets fired. Yeah. And I said, the Iron Dome can't keep up with that. No. Um, and that's that's when I knew this was going to be really bad. And it, it just kind of hit me right now. Uh, this is almost like with with how they went about things of, you know, let's just find people and kill them and rape women and enslave children, carry them off. This was like Columbine on steroids yeah. on a national level. Yeah. You know, instead of just, you know, quote unquote, just, you know, mm. using that subjectively, just being confined to a single building. Mm. This is over the entirety of a nation the size of New Jersey with a lot of people of a particular religion who want to kill people of another particular ethnic group. Yeah. Because they don't believe they have the right to exist. Right. Right. I mean that right. It's just, insane. Yeah, there there are people who have been born 
and breathe and live, and they and and this particular group doesn't think that they deserve, they have the right to live. Mm-hmm. So, I think several questions need to be asked. Of well, what influence does the religion of Islam have on have on this? Of are they because we have this delineation now between proper quote unquote Islam and Islamism, mm-hmm. when it honestly seems to me that they're just acting out what the Quran tells them to do. Yeah. It would seem to me. I might be wrong on that. Any of you uh, Islamic scholars out there, correct me. But that seems to be what their book tells them to do, which is in contradistinction with Christians of, no, love your enemies. Yeah. Where the Quran literally says, yeah, if if the Christians and Jews don't act right, you can go off them. Yeah. Am I right on that? As far as I know, but I'm not an Islamic scholar either. I've never read the Quran. Um, I've read a couple pieces. Kristen's, my wife, Kristen, has read the entire thing. I used to have a copy of the Quran. Um, I don't know what I did with it, but um, anyway, um, I I don't know. Like, I I think there's obviously some religious influence that's going on here, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't don't see any other way to say that or or, or to see that. is Iran involved? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. The really the the enraging part on our end is I don't know if you got to look at any of the pictures of them brandishing weapons. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were American. Yeah. They weren't AK forty sevens like you typically see of Islamic terrorists. They were M fours. Yeah. That it's it's been confirmed they got them from Afghanistan. Yeah. So like that's that's heartbreaking on another level is our administration screw up helped kill people in a different part of the world yeah. because we were irresponsible. Well, you know, I think one of the things that's hard for Americans to understand, um, particularly um, Christian Americans, is mm. that our our nationality... Now, I know there's a whole, like, God and country thing, a Christian nationalism mm-hmm. thing, but I think that's a minority. Yeah. I mean, the majority of Christians do not have their nationality as Americans all intertwined with their Christian faith, their, mm-hmm. their, their religious beliefs as Christians. But that's not true of the East. Right. Like, to be an Islam, that is your identity, both nationally and religiously, that those two are not separate and distinct things yeah. as it is for us. And so there's absolutely religious influence in there. The more yeah. you think about it, the way the, the Eastern world works, and particularly the Islamic states, those are... Yeah. The, their their nationalism and religious beliefs are all meshed together in one pot. Right, right, and and that even gets to the fact that Hamas and much of the Arab world accuses Israel of being in bed with the West, mm-hmm. and they're not wrong. Yeah, right. Along with the positive things that Israel has adopted from the West, they've also adopted a lot of the bad things, such as abortion, uh, very liberal abortion laws. Um, and I'm brain farting on the other stuff, but that is real. Yeah. Right. And so they're not wrong in that. They just went about it, addressing it entirely the wrong way. Yeah. You don't address things like that by just killing random people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, I mean, again, you asked the question, it's obviously fueled by a lot of religious belief. Um, I mean, that whole, that whole battle over that, that little sliver of the Gaza Strip in that piece of land that's about the size of New Jersey is um, 
is is a religious battle. I mean, they feel like mm. they're owed that, right? Um, you know, and and they did live there for a long time. I mean, you know, I, right. we just did a Bible study where, um, I mean, I've had to refresh my memory on on how things have gone, and maybe our listening audience knows this, maybe some don't. But you know, you go all the way back to seventy A.D. Yep, the Jews were scattered out of Jerusalem until nineteen forty eight. Mm-hmm. Almost two thousand years, they were scattered out of Jerusalem until the British government decided it was time to bring them back because that land was ultimately controlled by the British government. Yep, uh, and the Palestinians were regulated to the Gaza Strip, and and so therefore, there's a, um, I don't know, there's a bone they have to pick, right. With both Israel and and I guess maybe historically Great Britain, right? Um, but I, it's it's all intertwined with their religious. Yeah, beliefs. very few people would uh, say that Israel has acted perfectly in in their no. in their dealings with them. Yeah, uh, there is though this false equivalence of Israel being just as at fault, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and they would point to things like the embargo, the trade embargo uh, on the Gaza Strip not realizing that Egypt has the exact same thing on the other side mm-hmm. for a reason, <laughs> right? Yep. They're, they're, <laughs> Hamas is just that violent. Mm-hmm. Egypt doesn't want to deal with them either. Mm-hmm. Um, and Israel has also been giving them uh, electricity for free yeah, for years. <laughs> like, what do you want? And, and so that's why they said, no, you're not getting electricity right now while we go in and, uh, you know, as... A lot of people I've heard during the, uh, particularly during the nation building projects that we uh, undertook in Iraq and Afghanistan, you know, people would say the job of the military is not to build a nation. The job of the military is to go in and kill people and break things. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what Israel is doing currently, mm. right? Is but at the same time they have like the door knocking bombs that they use to warn residents of buildings where they know Hamas has been of, hey, y'all got 20 minutes. Get out. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. And so you see this differentiation between Hamas is going and killing civilians on purpose, and if civilians get killed by Israel, it's because that's collateral. Mm-hmm. They're not the target. Yeah. Which is which seem, <laughs> seems to shore up the, it's not a totally black and white thing, but it, it's more black and white than it is gray. No, I think so. I think so. So, Christianly speaking, is this a sign of the end times? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's so funny. Like, um, we just had a conversation with somebody after the Bible study um, that I just did, but um, good conversation too. Yeah, I mean, we're not dispensationalists. We've made no. No secret of that. Um, we don't think there's two different plans. Um, it's, it's explicitly in our bylaws. Yeah, it's explicitly in our bylaws. Um, but it's interesting. I, I was thinking about Jesus' words in Luke 21. Um, and, you know, we've talked about this. This Luke 21 is not about the end times. It's about what happened. It's Jesus prophesying about what would happen in 70 AD yep. when Rome invaded Jerusalem, burned the temple, and... Uh, destroyed the city, uh, and but Jesus said, you know, that w- verse twenty-eight. But when these things begin to take place, straighten up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And then he told them a parable: Behold, the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they put forth leaves, you see it and know for yourselves that summer is now near. 
So you also, when you see these things happening, recognize that the kingdom of God is near, which is a reference to, I think, the judgment that fell in 70 AD. Yep. yep. Um, Especially going to verse 32. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all is taken place. All these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So the kingdom came, shall we say, to Israel Mm -hmm. in 70 AD when God's judgment fell. Right. And the temple was destroyed, and it brought an end, a, a decisive, clear end to the sacrificial system yep. uh, and the old covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was God's judgment on Israel for rejecting her Messiah. Right. It's a huge part of redemptive history. Mm-hmm. So um, that that piece of land and ethnic Israel has played a huge part in it. Now I'm going to start to sound like a dispensation. People won't accuse me, but I'm not. Well, this, well, this, this is the sign of, uh, of a skilled teacher is you sound to certain parties to be the extreme on one end yeah. and to other parties the extreme on one end. So well, you, there, are, there are going to be times, if you're dealing with someone who's legalistic, that you should sound antinomian. Yeah. And then if you're dealing with an antinomian, you should sound legalistic. Well, I'll take that as a compliment, but it, <laughs> this little piece of dirt and right. this bloodline of people have played such a huge role in redemptive history that it's what I was just telling our, our brother uh, that we had a conversation with just mm-hmm. a few minutes ago about dispensational theology. He, he asked about replacement theology, which is a derogatory term that the dispensationalists use to talk about those of us who believe that Christ became Israel and that mm-hmm. the church is now true Israel. Which is just historic covenant theology. Historic covenant theology, which is what I believe wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. But when things happen on that little piece of land, <laughs> my radar... You, tur- my you turn ra- on TBN? <laughs> no. I do not turn on TBN. I don't even turn on like he starts the- buying the buckets of macaroni from Jim Baker. Oh my gosh! But my radar goes up. I can't help it. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, and I think I think Christians should pay attention. I think we should pray. I think there should be a sense of urgency because um, you know Paul makes the case in Romans, clear case in Romans, that true Israel is the people of God in Christ. Yes. Not all who've descended from Abraham are, are Abraham's descendants. And, he, right? even, like, even, I mean, and he's, he repeats that in Galatians 3. And in Galatians 6, he talks about the Israel of God. Yes, the Israel of God. It's so clear to me. But then he still feels the need. And, and again, he's not trying to just bring everybody along and make everybody feel good about all this, but he does mm-hmm. answer the question, well, what about all the promises God made? Right. What's he doing? Well, he says a partial hardening has come upon Israel mm-hmm. until the full measure of the Gentiles has come in. And then the, God's going to use the mercy that he's shown to the Gentiles to cause the Jews to repent Yep, and to come in. and But still... The goal, the end point, is one Israel, mm-hmm. where there is neither Jew nor Greek, yep. slave nor free. It's it's we're all one in Christ, uh, but there is still something to be played out with ethnic Israel in yep. relation to the Gentiles or the nations. And so, when something happens in Israel, I just think I, I'm I'm uniquely intrigued 
It's yeah, not that, that I'm not intrigued fair. and I shouldn't, uh, that I don't pray for similar kind of suffering that's happened to the people of Ukraine at the hands of Vladimir Putin. Mm-hmm. I have prayed. And I've prayed the same prayer I've prayed over Israel. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, be merciful to those who are suffering at the hands of these you know, horrible leaders and violent dictators. Mm-hmm. I've, I've prayed that same prayer over the, over the Ukraine-Russia situation that I'm praying over Israel uh, and Hamas. Yep. But there is a unique right. kind no, of absolutely. intrigue that, that, that I feel. Well, and I think there's specifically like God using this to bring more Jewish people to himself. Absolutely. And, and you talk about the mercy shown to Gentiles bringing Jews to himself. Like they see that freedom, right? Yep. They see that mercy. Like I mentioned in the Bible study, I've seen several social media videos of like how Jewish people deal with Sabbath in in the United States and they will li- they have to or they they think they're sinning they pre-rip their toilet paper that they're going to use on the sabbath right. so then they're not working and right. then if they forget then the rule is that you have to basically just not look and tear it so then you're not purposely tearing it along the perforation and like it's it's just ridiculous like they 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 have um what is it the shabbat goy they Every synagogue pays a non-Jew to come in and turn the lights, turn on the lights for them in the synagogue before they have their services, so mm. that they're not doing the work of turning on a light and flipping I, that switch. I read about a, a high-rise building that was being constructed in the Jewish district in New York City, um, and the the Jews who were, you know, um, having this building built went to the contractor. And specifically asked to talk to the person who's going to install the elevator mm. and asked that they program the elevator to stop on every floor all day long on the Sabbath. Yep. So that they wouldn't have to push the button. Right. Yep. In the elevator. Yep. That and there's actually um, around, I think it's around Manhattan. I might be wrong, but it's somewhere in New York City. There's a giant wire that runs around the entire city. That was installed by the Jewish community, so that could technically be within their fenced property. <laughs> so then they could get away with certain levels of work. Yeah, and you see, like all these these hoops that they jump through, it's just absurd. And even listening to uh, Ben Shapiro yesterday, I knew I knew he was going to be fired up about this because he's Jewish, and like conservative Jew actually worships on the Sabbath and re- takes that really seriously. And he was talking about how. Uh, a lot of the communication troubles were because people were trying to not violate Jewish law about communications on the Sabbath mm. and not using electronic devices and stuff like that. Yeah. Where, whereas if Christians had had that happen to them, we don't have that issue. We're on whatever devices we need mm. to get the help that we need yep. for, for those works of necessity and mercy yeah. <laughs> as the Westminster in 1689 put it. Yeah. And so when, when all those things pile up, I mean, they're they're gonna look at Christians in their freedom and be like, that's a lot better. Mm. We hope so. We pray so. Yes. Um, that that would be that would be the case. And uh, yeah, I I mean, <laughs> Hamas attacks on Shabbat on Shabbat and on Yom Kippur. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. I don't know. The, these things just seem too too significant to ignore. I don't I don't think it's a sign of the end times. I just think. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Maybe some it's amount a re- of providence. Yeah, it, it's a reminder to us that God is working. You know, we're about to mm-hmm. start a study through the book of Habakkuk, and um, you know, Habakkuk is an Old Testament prophet that his ministry takes place right before the great Babylonian Babylonian invasion and exile, mm-hmm. um, and. You know, he's looking around at his fellow Jews, at his nation, and he's he's complaining to God about the injustice and wickedness and violence and wrong that continues to take place among God's people. And right. God seems, from Habakkuk's perspective, to not be doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. But then God speaks and says, no, I am doing something about it. And he says, look at the nations. Mm-hmm. Not your nation. Mm-hmm. Look at the nations. And behold, I'm raising up the Chaldeans or the Babylonians. Um God God works in nations, and I think to to a certain degree, anytime there are significant events and and movements in the world globally among governments and nations, I think Christians should be paying attention. I think Christians should be prayerful mm-hmm. uh, to the God who wields the king's heart wherever he wills. Not not saying be alert because of end times speculation. No, 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 like, Just be aware of the world you're living in. Just be aware of the world you're living in and pray for the mm-hmm. kingdom to come. Yep. Right? It, it's just, it's, it's what the New Testament beckons us to do is to be prayerful people uh, who make the most of every opportunity in evil days. We live right. in evil days. Right. And evil can visit us personally, um, evil can visit the world globally and nationally and regionally. I mean, like there, there's just, uh, there, there are all kinds of things that are happening that are a part of God's providential, uh, action mm-hmm. in the world, bringing about his good purpose. Um, and he's, and we should be in awe of that. That's the command that Habakkuk gets from God is be in awe, be astonished, wonder. I'm doing something that... If I told you, you wouldn't believe it. Right. Which <laughs> just makes the fact that so many youth groups have used that as a slogan for a retreat that much funnier. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you wouldn't believe what I'm about to do. And by that, I mean how bad I'm going to mess you up. <laughs> What's funny is that Habakkuk does see it. And right. he does believe it. Right. By the time you come to the end of the book, He's he sees this is what God is doing. Yeah. He doesn't have the multi-generational view that God has necessarily. Sure. But, you know, God says I am doing something Habakkuk in your days. And and Habakkuk at least gets a clear picture of what God is doing in his day, which is the the Babylonians are going to invade and the temple's going to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um and the people are going to be in exile. Right, um, and you know it's 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 going to be a long time before they come back to the mm-hmm. land and the temple is rebuilt, and Habakkuk, you know he 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 beholds that and he says, rottenness enters my bones. Yeah, <laughs> and then at the very end of the book, the last sentence is to the choir master with stringed instruments. Yeah, let's turn this into a song of worship. Well, and, and he says, you know, rottenness enters my bones. In fact, I just read it because I just think it's so. Um, is that a new uh, journaling Bible? You it got is. There? It is. It's a new because you beat the crap out of your old one. I did, and <laughs> and I wanted something that I could journal in the Old Testament with. 
Um, and I also like this NASB that has cross references for every single verse. Oh, there you go in the Bible. But you know, here here's what Habakkuk says: I heard, and my inward parts trembled at the sound. My lips quivered. Decay enters my bones, and in my place I tremble because I must wait quietly for the day of distress, for the people to arise who will invade us, and the people who are arising that will invade them are the Chaldeans that God says, I'm raising them up. Right. And then, but Habakkuk comes to this place, verse 18 of chapter 3, yet I will exult in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he has made my feet like hinds feet, and he makes me walk on my high place, on my high places, and then, like you said, for the choir director on my stringed instruments. Like he comes to the place where he realizes God is doing this. Yeah. And th there's a part of me that wants to melt into the floor when I see that. <laughs> Yet I'm going to rejoice in the God of my salvation. Right. I trust him. Yep. He is the everlasting God. The righteous will live by faith. Uh, so, yeah, I, 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 I don't think Christians, I think Christians do a disservice to themselves into the gospel when they start trying to interpret these events uh, and listen to people who are interpreting these events as end times indicators. Right. Right. I, I just think that is, I think that's toxic. I would completely agree. But to look at these things and see and savor and be in awe of and be astonished uh, with the providence of God, that is the right response. Yes. And to, to look at, Israel in particular, and remember and rehearse the providence of God over the centuries of human history and redemptive history as it relates to that piece of land and those specific people is also a good thing that should cause us to be in awe of God. Not that God's got a different plan for that piece of dirt mm -hmm. or that ethnic people separate from the church. Mm-hmm. But it is it is something that prompts me to go, oh God, you've been you've been working this one plan, this plan A for centuries. Which includes that piece of dirt and the piece of dirt over in China. Over in China. And the pieces of dirt in Russia yeah. and the US yeah. and all over. Yeah. And it's just that one gets our attention because those are places where things happened that we read about yeah. <laughs> in the Bible. I mean, listen to the God who says to us, perhaps. I'm raising up Hamas. Mm -hmm. I'm raising up Russia. Mm -hmm. I'm raising up Iran. I'm doing this. Yep. I'm in charge of this. And and like some of the scriptures we looked at in the Bible study just a few minutes ago, um, where God says, you know, to Abraham, you know, your people are going to be enslaved for 400 years, yada yada yada, until I bring them back, until the wickedness or the iniquity of the Amorites is complete. Yep. We've got to have a category for the God who intends and wills and rules over sin without sinning. Yep. All right, John Piper. <laughs> That's not a bad thing to be called, though, most of the time, unless he's telling you not to drink coffee during church. Why does he is, do this uh, stuff? Somebody. Sometimes I get frustrated with Piper. Let me go on the record right now and say sometimes... He frustrates me when he does stuff Absolutely, like me too. And that's why, I don't know if you saw, I did a, if you buy a Piper Drive, you get a free coffee mug promotion last week. It's still <laughs> running. That's still Brilliant. running. Go love God, love your neighbor. Next music, we'll see you next time. <laughs>